Hey lovelies and welcome back to part 2 of our special guest episode with Ishani. Like we previously mentioned, Ishani is the founder of Ensemble Magazine, where she shares stories about influential women and everything fashion, interior design, self-care and sustainability. for joining us Ishani. Can you talk us through your process of starting Ensemble Magazine from it being a little idea to how it became a reality? Yeah I think that I guess the right starting point would be to talk about how it how the idea came about. Um, Yeah. So Ensemble Magazine the name Ensemble comes from the idea that it's a collection of things that ensemble of a variety of categories Um, and this idea specifically came to me um, end of September when I was having a, mi- a mini identity crisis. I sound so dramatic <laughs> in this podcast. I-, I swear to God, I'm really down to earth. But I like, <laughs> love it, love it, you love it. Um, yeah, so the identity crisis was that um, I just didn't know what my thing was. Like I didn't, you know how people have their little things like, oh, I'm really into the gym. I'm really into fitness. I'm a fitness person or I'm really good at drawing. Like, um, you know, I didn't have that like very specific thing that I loved doing and I was really good at. And I think I found my strength in that because I don't think that I do have that one thing. It's more just a collection of things that I feel passionate for. So it was like ensemble. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, Yeah, so that's where the idea of the name and everything came from. And it was followed by, briefly followed by an interview from which I got rejected from. I feel like I can talk about it now. I'm over it, clearly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So it was a digital marketing associate role at Business of Fashion. And that was just like my dream, my one of my dream roles, you know, working for fashion media and having um, kind of a more research-based role and that kind of thing and when I got rejected from that it was again more because I didn't have the technical experience they loved my profile they loved me they loved speaking to me and blah 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 but they didn't they found someone else who basically had tiny was more suited yeah more suited to the profile exactly (laughs) so I was like do you know what I'm sick of this I don't want to wait for the dream role to come by I don't want even even when we do get the dream role it's going to be more you know, admin stuff, um, you know, your entry-level jobs. I didn't want to wait 10, 15 years to be able to be like, do you know what, I created that or I led this project or I did that. And I I, I didn't want to wait, to be honest. I didn't want to, I, I was just impatient. So I think that's when it was, I was like, I want to create something. And at, even at that point, I didn't know what that thing was. I didn't come up with this magazine at that point. Um <laughs> And I was speaking to my friends from Canada on that house, the group chat that we've got. And I was just sending them like so many voice notes about my crisis. I was like, guys, I don't know who I am. Like, can you help me? <laughs> and my and my friends, they were like, maybe start a, a fashion blog or something. And even at that, I was like, mm, I don't know. I feel like I don't have much to say. And I think it was, I felt a bit deflated because everyone told me I didn't have enough experience. So I was just like, but am I good enough for a magazine, uh, a blog? Um, and then that's when I was like, Do you know what? I'm just going to go full speed ahead and create a magazine where it's just a collection of things. Some are my opinions, some are other people's opinions and highlighting other people's work. 
and it came from that and initially the idea was to start like March of next year April of next year but again I didn't want to wait I just had this momentum and this energy and I was really excited and I was like do you know what I'm just gonna start it if it goes to shit then it goes to shit I think that's so impressive and so inspiring as well I think for other people to hear and it reminds me of this quote this is again a bit cheesy but it's I think it, it goes yeah, something like <laughs> rejection is just redirection. Yeah. And I feel like I that's that. exactly what happened for you. Like you you took the rejection and actually it pointed you towards something that you were kind of meant to do. And again, going back to this, like what happened, yeah, what would have happened if you already had had a job now, mm. then you probably would never have never. started this. And who knows what can come yeah, of this. Yeah, you would have just put it off. Yeah. You know what? It's not even I would have put it off. I don't think I would have had the idea because I think it was mm. all the spare time mm. and like spiral and identity crisis and millions of voice notes sent to my friends that I then came to the idea of Ensemble magazine. It would never, you know, I, I wasn't at uni like yeah. I'm going to start my own magazine at all. It just came to me now. Yeah, and I think so many people just kind of give up that idea of oh I can make my dream job happen for myself or Mm. oh it not now is not the right time you know in the future when I'm older when I have more money or then and then but it's never going to be the right time quote unquote to start something you were so lucky though because you got this idea because you had this time (laughs) and now you do have the time to actually pursue it which is amazing yeah I guess it's quite similar to Leo and I with starting the podcast because we weren't planning it like no. months before before and we literally saw each other, went on like a social distance hangout and Leo was like, I have this idea for a podcast <laughs> name. It's called Matcha Moment and I'm like, that's so cool. And then we ended up just actually making it. Like we, we messaged each other that night and been like, we're serious about this. Like, yeah. Let's just do it. And you know what? It's the thing with friends as well. Like the amount of times I've said to my friends, we're going to start this business. We're going to start this. We're going to start that. And Mm. it never happens. So it's amazing that you've done this podcast and I've actually gone through to create some amazing content, you know? Um, Yeah, it's so impressive. (laughs) That's exactly, I think, what we thought as well. I thought it was just going to be one of those ideas where you're like really passionate about it and excited talking about it with your friends, but then like the follow through lacks. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess. I feel like, again, it is because of this time period where we're both, you know, social life is a hard thing to have right now. And (laughs) (laughs) we're not commuting into the office and all of this. So I think that kind of allowed us to just actually go full speed ahead and make it happen. I guess also for anyone listening to this, like if you feel like you have an idea, even if it's really bad, the first few versions of whatever that idea is is really bad, just go ahead and just do it because you never will do it otherwise. If you put it off, you just won't do it. And also, yeah. like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, Leo and I were saying, like, if we don't get any views and we're just doing it for ourselves, we're having fun. And if it just doesn't work out, like, at least we tried and it was just something we got to do and experience together. So it's not, like, pursue whatever you want to pursue because at the end of the day, like, there's no losses that can come out of no, it. No, absolutely it's not. Always, there's always experience gained. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. And when putting together, like, the issue and also coming up with sort of content for your Instagram and everything. I love your Instagram, by the way. Oh, I think it is it, so aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, th- I love, like, seeing your stories and your posts. I feel like they're really well done and they're just, oh, thank yeah, you. I really like it. But, like, how do you come up with the ideas and, like, inspiration for them? Um, initially, I was following a lot of magazines um, on Instagram because I thought they were a good inspo for me. But actually... 
that put too much pressure on me. I, d- I think I forget sometimes, mm. like, brands like Grazia, Elle, Harper's Bazaar, they have a whole team just dedicated to social media. And I was trying to almost replicate that kind of standard at the beginning. Mm. And the social media on its own became its little project. And the issues, the actual magazines just work on its own. Then I also have my website on top of that. And it was just getting too much. So Gosh. the inspiration for in the Instagram is just to keep it real, I suppose. I just posted anything I liked or came across um you know being inspired by the everyday you know like a couple of days ago I posted one on how to decorate your tv table and things like that you know and I think it's it's that kind of small scale stuff that probably is unique about the account because other interior design brands or fashion brands who are making these accounts they have professionals working on it and with mine it's just a bit more real I suppose a bit more doable some things you could probably recreate by yourself I think that's what's gonna make it stand out though and what people will enjoy about it because I think there's enough already of those very curated feeds and of these magazines and you know exactly what you're gonna get but Mm. they're they're missing that sort of you know actual person connection Mm. which is why people start following blogs in the first place like it's because you enjoy the voice of the person and their opinion yeah exactly when Leo and I look out for like Instagram people that we follow and love there are always people that they feel like they're you're just they're your friends and they're just yeah. posting online like their personal things so I feel like with your account that's kind of like the the vibe you give where it's just like hey friends like I think you should yeah. do this or or this is what I did today and this is what I designed or whatever and it's just like an it just feels more original and less planned I think another, another part with, I think it's also relevant to your Instagram as well. I think there's no ulterior motive. I'm not trying to sell anything. Everything yeah. is free. You know, these magazines I'm creating, they're just for fun. Um, and it, there's no like, oh, if you click on this, I'll give you 10% off. I'll give you this off and all that. And even though the idea of that might be really cool to do in the future where I can monetize the magazine in some way, because it is a lot of work. But yeah, <laughs> at the yeah. moment, it's just a bit of fun. But I also feel like when you do get those opportunities where you're like sponsoring people or like working with other brands, I feel like you'd be the type of person to choose brands that you are like truly 100% behind and that you stand for, which is, I think, really important as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's one of those things that I, I, money is important, you know, you need money to live and all of that. But like, it's not that important that you diminish or kind of tarnish your values I just don't think it's worth it like compromising your integrity isn't isn't worth it exactly and it's also investing into your own brand because as soon as you put yourself online or your your magazine you know if you associate yourself with a brand that you don't stand for then you're impacting and also damaging sort of the reputation of your brand Mm -hmm. so in that sense it actually does have like even if you were looking at it from like an economic perspective it still has a bad also not be an intelligent decision yeah yeah it's like speaking of time, how much of like your day is spent working on the magazine? <laughs> like just look, hearing about it, like setting up the social media, then the actual issue of like, writing the pieces and like gosh, I can't even imagine. Oh, wow. Um <laughs> well, the first issue, I'm hoping with time I get better at it and it takes less time and you know eventually touch wood when I do get a job like a real one that pays me money. <laughs> That I'm able to continue and sustain with it because there's no point doing something for a week or two weeks or, you know, and then not doing it. Consistency is key. 
But with the first issue, there was a lot of things that started from scratch. So such as the website, you know, it looks very simple, but there were about 10 to 15 different versions of it. And that would take weeks to do. Um, Social media, like I said, again, it's like its own little project, putting up stuff. Um, And then because the thing with Instagram is a lot of people don't read my magazines or they don't engage with anything else, but they just follow me because I like the Instagram, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, again, on its the content side of it is quite heavy. Mm. And then, of course, the articles. Um, So how long does it take? Um, It's like a job at the moment. It it does take, you know, I have to remind myself it's the weekend. I'm not going to do any ensemble magazine stuff. Um, for the first issue I was genuinely like working from nine in the morning till like 10 11 at night and I would go to bed and I would literally hallucinate the pdf like (laughs) I would be like oh my gosh that it would just come into my dreams like oh that headline I could have done it differently I could have done that and I would literally wake up run to my laptop and change it like it it was kind of taking over my life I'm not gonna lie and (laughs) now I think I'm a bit more I think I've got a healthy balance of I spent about three to four days a week on it and then I switch off um, for the rest of it. And it's I, I've got a good balance of doing the work because it's my passion and I really enjoy it and not let it overwhelm me. Yeah, I think that's really important because you don't want it to then be something you feel like you have to do. It should always be like yeah, something exactly. you, you want to do. Do you do you see yourself keeping it like an independent project? Or like if if it does become more successful, do you see yourself like hiring some hiring people to to help you with it that would be insane oh my god that would be so cool you know what I sometimes I do think I need help with it <laughs> yeah but you know of course I can't afford to you know pay anyone for it right now but I think definitely yeah I mean why not I think if in the future it is something I monetize um the thing is though, the, the thing about monetizing is I want it to be the best possible thing yeah that I would want to pay money for to be able to ask other people for their money and at the moment I think I'm still learning so I wouldn't monetize it at the moment but in the future yeah that would be so cool I think that's the dream isn't it to grow it and you know what the ultimate thing with this is I want it to be a print magazine where it's Mm. something you get through the door and just the way you know I like I said before I read my Vogue every every month it comes through the door it's so exciting I want that to be my magazine that would be sick that would be so so cool I think it would be quite cool to just maybe talk more about like the topics you are trying to cover in your magazine and like to know why Mm -hmm. those topics mean something to you so maybe starting off with like sustainable fashion when did you become passionate about that um I think so for the topic it would be all about I think filling in the gaps so like I said I do read a lot of magazines myself and anything I felt like oh I would have loved to read love to read about this in this issue but it wasn't there and it's kind of those kind of topics that I'm trying to cover I think we have to remember with businesses that already exist in the publishing industry is that they have so many brands who are literally paying them to feature so they they have to be very careful about what they can say about certain things what they can how they can criticize the industry for me that's not an issue I have no strings no boundaries and that's the most amazing thing about it I can I can say anything I want about the industry and I think that's why I wanted to talk about sustainability because when you think about um luxury fashion 
no one wants to fully, I mean, when I say no one, I mean like these established brands, they don't want to criticize Gucci. They don't want to criticize Prada because in the future, if there's a business opportunity, they won't get it because they've already criticized them. Um, Mm. With my magazine, I'm not necessarily blaming name, you know, playing this whole like, oh, this brand is bad or this brand is good because I love Gucci and Prada and things like that. But for me, it's more about being honest and having a discussion and creating a space for conversation where even I'm, I know I'm not 100% sustainable, um, but how I can improve. Um, And with fashion, keeping it fun and keeping the art side of it present because fashion isn't about shopping, you know? It can just be about admiring the art and being up to date with what's going on in Vogue runway and you know Tokyo Fashion Week like I did in my first issue and things like that it doesn't have to be oh I want to buy this or I want to have this now in my wardrobe it can just be about admiring the art so I think that that aspect of fashion is what I wanted to highlight Mm -hmm. um and with everything else like I do with interior design and um wellness and mental health again it's an ensemble you know it's everything I feel passionate for it's just a collection it's kind of like a big mood board, you know, it's a big mood board of things that I thought was really interesting and worthwhile to talk about. I think that's a really good point on sort of, you know, not wanting to call out or condemn specific brands or this sort of thing. Because I think the problem with cancel culture nowadays is that it leaves no room to grow. And also, you know, you spot your influencer that's promoting sustainability and they're drinking from a plastic straw and then it's like oh my god you know you are lying and you know you're not being true to who you say you are and it's just the same with the oatly scandal I don't know if you heard about that it's the basically the oat milk brand oatly which I love best best oat milk out there (laughs) um but from what I understood they have investors um they got investors in to obviously be able to sell their product more widely and, you know, make this sustainable choice a more easily accessible thing for people around the world. But the investor also has some, you know, ties to unsustainable practices. So then a lot of people were going out and, you know, saying like boycott Oatly and cancel Oatly. Nobody should drink Oatly anymore when, you know, I don't think anything is as black and white as that. Like there's yeah. a gray area mm-hmm. of making choices to... I guess because even sustainable brands are in the sense unsustainable that they're still promoting consumerism, Mm -hmm. right? Because obviously Mm -hmm. the most sustainable thing to do would be to not buy anything. I hate that term sustainable brands because I don't think they exist. Um, Personally, like you said, if you're consuming, you're being unsustainable because you're costing the earth something. You can be more sustainable and you can Mm. consume for more sustainable brands, but there is no thing as sustainable brands. And I think it's creating that false pressure because now you see loads of fast fashion brands positioning themselves as more sustainable, recycled and all this and that. And, you know, that's just come from us because we're saying, oh, we want sustainable brands, but they just don't exist. (laughs) They just don't exist. Yeah, and I think it just makes consumers feel better about buying fast fashion brands Mm. if they're like, oh, an eco-conscious line. Is there anything your followers can look forward to, like a sneak peek of like what's to come? I'm quite excited to talk about this one, actually. Um, So massive improvement from first issue is that I'm working with independent artists and designers. Mm -hmm. So I have... 
this is so exclusive. No one knows about this, but that is so I, cool. Oh, you're hearing it first here on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in, uh, I've been in contact with a couple of fashion designers based in London. Um, so they do, they're you know self-employed or a small business themselves, and um, I'm trying to feature them more because you know, like myself, I just want to. Um, help and uh, pro- provide a space for people like that who are struggling in a pandemic, you know, working from home and are in the arts or creative industry. So if anything, you know, even if it's just five to 10 people who look at it and, you know, like it and support their work in some way, whether that's a follow on Instagram or purchase something from them, that would be really cool. So I've been in contact with some makeup artists that's and amazing. fashion designers um and a bit more again focus on fashion sustainability so in the last one was kind of like an introduction on the kind of um mindset I want to take with the magazine where it's more about our behaviors and not blaming brands or blaming names um with this one I'm doing a collaboration with Secondhand Charlie on Instagram so Charlie is one of my closest friends from uni and she started a second account um talking about secondhand shopping basically and I'm doing an article with her which will be really cool because it's just one of those things if you're new to it all and you don't know where to begin it's such an easy way to be a bit more sustainable with your next purchase and another sneak peek I suppose is it's Christmas themed you know I had to go full out with this because it's not it's not my magazine if I'm not harping on about the season's festivities oh I'm so excited Um, for Christmas we love that (laughs) so yeah so uh, ways you can be a bit more sustainable during Christmas or things you could do to feel a bit more seasonal and yeah just keeping up with that that whole aesthetic of Christmas I'm excited when's your next one coming out then um it will be in the first week of um december the exact date yeah. will be confirmed when i'm super happy with it and up before i launch so i don't <laughs> want to compare uh, like commit to, be confirmed. to the yeah exactly so i don't want to commit to the official date just yet but if you if any of your listeners are just following my instagram on summer magazine uk then you'll know the dates and everything on the launch and also, everybody should subscribe to your newsletter because I really like that one. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so I mean, the newsletters, it's, um, again, link will be on the bio of the Instagram. If you go on the website, the way it's set up now, it just comes up as a pop-up. So if you just stay on the website for a few seconds, it should come up. Um, yeah, so the Monday letters, it's just a way to kind of stay connected because... I think it's a little bit difficult to do that on Instagram sometimes because it feels like you're just speaking and producing and mm-hmm. posting stuff and you're not necessarily um, having that, I suppose, one-to-one feel with your readers. So yeah, it's just some motivational content, little exclusives and sneak peeks into the magazine and just me updating you on my life if you care about that. I know. love that part. <laughs> I love it because it starts off with Ishani just being like, so I've had like a fun weekend yeah. and I did this and this. <laughs> I just feel like I'm just getting updates and it's just nice. Honestly, oh, you're doing you. so much. It's actually insane. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. We'll have all like your links and Instagram and everything in our description of the episode. So if anybody doesn't follow Ishani yet, they definitely should go check that out right now. oh thank you thank you so much that's so kind (laughs) right so we thought we'd finish off with just a really deep last question which is for Ishani and it's which influential women do you look up to the most because I feel like that's something you talk about in your magazine right yeah oh yeah so that's one of the things like the stories segment that I do where I do like a feature on like influential women 
you know what? I'm tempted to say someone famous, but I think I'm going to keep it real and say like the women in my family. Mm. <laughs> um, they're the most influential, powerful, caring, supportive, and everyone is so different, you know, whether that's my my mum or my grandma. It's, it's so funny because I told my grandma about my magazine and she was like, you have to send me the articles. I will look through Aww. it. I will read. She <laughs> literally gave me tips on how to improve and she's literally like my chief editor at the moment. Um, so I think so it's just the women in my family. Yeah. And also my friends. I think I just feel like it's the whole network. I think I just look up to my friends and my family and people like the female role models around me a lot. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's such a crappy answer. No, it's but... such a good answer, actually. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like if you're surrounding yourself with positive people that you feel like are making positive influences on your life, you might as well give credit to Definitely. them. <laughs> I think that's just how it is, isn't it? I feel like, especially with the pandemic, you realise who who these people, like, in your life in general, whether that's female or not, if they're a good influence on you or not, a positive influence, so... Because honestly, if I didn't have the friends and the family who are so supportive, I wouldn't have launched this magazine. I just Aww. wouldn't have had the energy or the encouragement to do it. That's so sweet. It's such a nice way to end the podcast. Yeah. It's just to oh, spread love, spread <laughs> kindness. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining Thank us you in so this episode, Shani. We loved having you as our first guest, honestly. I have loved... I'm so sad this is ending. This was so This was fun. such a fun conversation. Yeah. I enjoyed this, like, interview style. <laughs> see have i got the job now <laughs> you made it you're hired yes amazing <laughs> <laughs> well this doesn't have to be the end though because i'm sure like if you're in the future if you're making a topic that we also want to talk about we can always like link up and do another podcast yeah, with you. i'd love guest. to do that oh i would love that that would be awesome i need to discuss with leo privately but we'll get back to you shani don't worry <laughs> yeah. no i would love to do this again for sure yeah it was fun Right, guys, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and look out for more episodes. And also make sure to follow Ishani because she's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was nice speaking to you and we hope you join us next week. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.